Thanks for joining the podcast today. If you didn't already know, this podcast is based off of our YouTube channel. You can find the link in the description below. Be sure to subscribe. Also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know who you are and where you're watching from. We'd love to get to know you. We are a self-funded channel. We don't receive money from churches or ministries, and that allows us to continue to make content that pushes the borders of our faith. So if you enjoy what we do, consider giving to our Patreon. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can help support this channel. You can find the link in the description below. Thanks again for joining us. We believe that by coming together, we can leave bad religion defenseless. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. They wandered because they weren't doing it right. They weren't trusting God, right? Right. They kept messing up yeah, and they yeah. were grumbling and there was all this. Yeah. So the wandering was a symbol of failure. So when you move to the New Testament and now Jesus is going into the desert, desert to wander. probably the same desert, if we're being honest, probably the same desert and definitely in the same region. Yeah. Jesus is now fulfilling what man couldn't do. There's This is all types and shadows. Israel failed for 40 years because they didn't have the faith to push through, to get the promise that God had for them on the other side. Jesus comes and does the same thing as an allegory, 40 days, 40 nights, the same thing that Moses did before Israel, and he succeeds where the nation of Israel fails. So he's showing us he is better, if that makes sense. And, and the whole point is he's the better covenant, right? He's yeah. the, he is the fulfillment. He is the Adam that always should have been but wasn't because of faith and failure and all that stuff. So, no, to answer your question in a really long form, I don't believe, personally, not, I'm open for anybody's interpretation, I don't believe that the scripture is asking us to read the Moses story, the tablets, in an allegorical sense. I think this is just factual. They're yeah. just saying, here is a list of things that happened. He went up there, he fasted, no food, no water for 40 days, 40 nights. Then he came down off the mountain and had the Ten Commandments. I think that's just a list of things that the scripture is wanting us to see. Yeah. So once again, if we go back to Moses, right? One of the forefathers of uh, our faith, Jesus's faith, uh, he fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. And what did he do? No food, no water. Now we know what happens after that period of time. You would die. Yep. What the Moses story and the Jesus story are showing us, and I even think it says it uh, after Jesus, it says that the angels ministered to yes. Jesus afterwards. Yes. Bro was beat up. Like, let's be honest. Like, the suit he was wearing was hurting. I mean, yeah. let's. it had to have been. 40 yeah. days and 40 nights. Uh, I'm not saying, like, the crucifix and being beat and spit on didn't suck, but 40 days and 40 nights without water, that would suck real bad, too. Yeah. You know, so he'd already gone through it before yeah. he even got to a cross uh, and honestly probably been at death's door at that point. Yeah. But but I think we're supposed to see that God and Jesus, or, sorry, Jesus and Moses both being in a place with God, that God sustained them in those moments. That's yeah. what we're supposed to pull from this. Their physical bodies were absolutely beat up from this. But God, the spirit of God being so close to them, sustained them in so that time. So can we pull that into the same context of if we decided to go without food and water for 40 days, that God will sustain us as well? This type only comes without prayer and fasting. So I think if you're going to walk into that arena, you got to walk in with faith, right? 
Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Because there's no way. Like, I believe Jesus walked in and out of that desert in 40 days and 40 nights because he believed his father was going to sustain him. Right. I think if you're going to walk into that, <laughs> that's how you got to walk in. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. I mean, but that's where Jesus is saying, here's the price tag. Here's if you're willing to, because think of the level of faith you have to have to even walk into that. Yeah. So you're telling me he believed that he could do something that the human body was never meant to do. No food, no water for 40 days. He could walk in with the faith that said, God is going to sustain me. Bro, healing a little boy of a sickness seems like chump changed compared to that. You see what I'm saying? I wonder if anyone's ever, ever actually tried this. You know, that's, that just makes me curious. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people do it. I've read so many studies of people with like terminal cancer, not even Christians, fasting and it going away. What? <laughs> yeah, dude. Start digging into it. It is insane. Now, before I dive in a little bit more into the Daniel fast, I'll just give you some medical, because I've done a fast before, not 40 days, and 40 nights. Um... And medically what happens about everybody's a little different, but after the second or third day of just water, what happens is I think it's about 75% of your energy that you expend every day is in your intestinal system. Your body is always working overtime to digest, to process and things like that. What's what happens when you stop putting food in your body for about two to three days, depending on the person, your, your, your track basically shuts down. Not in a bad way. It's just, it doesn't have to work as hard anymore because it's not pumping. It's not processing. It's not digesting. So what happens is physically speaking, all that energy that your body had stored up for your digest, digestive tract can now focus on the rest of your body. So basically what I've read is, and this wasn't Christian, this is like medical studies. Mm -hmm. Your immune system goes into like hyperactive mode. It is like beefed up because now your body's not, especially today is like how our yeah. modern diets are. You're not processing McDonald's and Starbucks and fried food and all that garbage we put in our body. Now your body's like, oh, I can go work over here for a little bit. Remember that shoulder injury you had when you were 13? Let's go work on that. So I've read studies where people have had severe illnesses and just went on a water fast and came out of it. Nothing spiritual about it. So there is something happening inside your body on a medical level too, where fasting is uh, highly beneficial to you. Yeah, yeah. Now, from everything I read, like I said, that really doesn't kick in until about day two or day three. It right. depends on the individual. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a name for it. You know, like people do the keto diet and mm -hmm. then when your body goes into ketosis or yeah. whatever, it's just like that. Got like it. your body switches into another gear. I can't remember what it's called. Somebody could Google it, but that's what happens when you stop eating. So that's day two or three. And then after about that third day, you start losing a pound every day. Your body just starts eating itself. Um, so anyway, if you're walking into a situation where you are, willing to go into the quote unquote desert place for 40 days and 40 nights, no food, no water. Um, you got to walk in with like crazy faith to do that in the first place, yeah. or you got to straight up see God. And we know Moses did. I mean, he saw the back of him, you know, yeah. he, the presence of God was on the mountain. Right. Um, and then we know that Jesus had the closest relationship with God out of everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so God sustained them in their desert place while they were, while they were fasting. It, uh, I don't know if the verse kept going on about like how Moses recovered after that or if it even touches it but we know that uh scripture does say that jesus was ministered to by the angels after that yeah so they were like in his corner like all right bro you need a big mac like what can i get you like because <laughs> like, like, you, you imagine know. hey dude what up yeah you want so 
So I'm using all of that to kind of paint the picture of how does the Bible want us to think about the word fasting? The old Hebrew context in the context of Moses is, like Christina said, kill yourself. Jesus. Jesus, in the context of Jesus, it is kill yourself. Now, these aren't crazy words like I mentioned earlier. When Jesus says we're, we're supposed to live, we are a living sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? Or actually, Paul says that. Man, I can't remember that verse. Pull that verse up for me really fast while I keep going. Yeah, Paul says it. I think it might be in Galatians or Corinthians. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so we're a living sacrifice. We are called to die to ourselves daily. Do you see the language here is very symbolic of fasting. Now, once again, just to reinforce, we're not talking about salvation here. We're talking about the next level. We're right. talking about going to a place where you can start operating in the gifts that Jesus was operating in. Um, did you find that verse? Romans 12.1. Oh, Romans. Why did I miss that? Yeah, read that verse for me real quick. I gotta pull it up in my Bible. Boo. I Google it first. Boo. But then yeah, I don't if you ever... fasted, you'd remembered it was Romans. Yeah, if you fasted, you'd already have it memorized. So, you know. say 12 one 12 one yep this is new king james i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable service mm. keep going nope uh some translations which i think are actually better mm -hmm. uh other than service they use the word worship mm. This yeah. is your yes. reasonable and expected worship. worship. Yeah, so what he's saying is now that we're in a new covenant, right? Because old covenant demanded that you had to sacrifice a lamb, a goat, ram, yeah. whatever you had. That was your sacrifice to atone for your sins and to get closer to God. Now in the new covenant, Paul is saying in Romans 12, 1, you are now the living sacrifice. So dying to yourself daily is actually your act of worship. Mm. It's a big deal. Yeah. So fasting ties into all of this, but it, it, it takes it up to the next level. Yeah. Um, just to give a couple more New Testament uh, examples here, Acts 13, 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I've called them. So they start getting their ministry appointments in Acts 13 because they were fasting mm. acts 14 23 paul and barnabas appointed elders for them in each church with prayer and fasting committed them to the lord in whom they had put their trust so we have new testament things here where they we see that they are fasting what we do not see in any of these new testament examples is fasting uh on a level where it's like oh and by the way fasting means no big macs and starbucks for a week by the way, fasting means the way Daniel did it. By the way, fasting is this. It was very understood in Jewish culture. Fasting meant kill yourself. Deprive your body of the basic necessities that it needs. Because when you start tearing your body down, you become vulnerable, you become weak, and your spirit is able to come through and connect with God. Right. That's the whole point. It actually has nothing to do with what you give up. And I think this is what people miss. It's not what you give up that matters to God. It's what you tear away from yourself that matters to God. Yeah. Paul says in Romans 12, you are the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You are not sacrificing social media. You are the sacrifice. You are not sacrificing meat 
or sweets or coffee or sugar, you are the sacrifice. So if we want to, now you can take that in a couple of ways. You can take that in the sense of like, we're supposed to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Obviously that, that makes us a living sacrifice, uh, just like we saw Jesus doing, but also in the same context, when it comes to fasting, we are the sacrifice. It is not what we give up, but it's how we tear ourselves down, uh, so that he can come through. What's the verse? Um, less of me, more of him. First. I never know the verse. Um, you know, die to myself daily so that he can, get, you know, there's yeah. tons of language in scripture where it talks about us dying so that not I who live, but Christ in me. Right. Well, you know, the best way to get rid of I is to physically kill it. <laughs> Legit, like physically kill yourself, lay yourself down for your brother and sister, but also tear your, the necessities of life away so that he can come through if that makes sense that makes so much sense and that's not what anybody's doing exactly right, right. now i, I want to point out because i have to be very careful here not to get on a high horse okay um because i think that's very easy for for us to do to look at scripture sure. and be like anybody who's doing it this way is stupid and you're wrong it's not biblical uh. now i will say you are wrong <laughs> like because biblical fasting is not anything we have talked about today it's not social media. It's not sugar. It's not coffee. It's not sex. It's not any of those things. I think things. it can be good for you. Right. I'm sure. Say. Giving up those things yeah. are fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not get it confused. You right. are not fasting in the way that the Bible talks right. about fasting. Yeah. What you're doing is giving up something with an intention of getting closer to God. Like you're using your time instead of being on social media. Now I'm going to spend more time with God. You're not fasting. You're just changing your priorities. Right, which we should just be doing anyway. Correct. So once again, but not a qualifier for fasting. Correct. Just refocusing, but it could, maybe? It could be great for your walk with God. It could be great for anything. Sure. It doesn't necessarily mean fasting. And that's just the that's just the process of Jesus people just trying to shut off the old man. Mm -hmm. That's really what we're talking about, right. you know. Um yeah, I mean, if you have a legit addiction to social media, there's something not healthy there right. with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. not saying Facebook is evil, but if you're straight up addicted, there's something right. you need Jesus. Like, right. there's just something not healthy there. So I want to be very careful not to get on a high horse and be like, oh, anybody who's not killing themselves by not eating in, in no water, you know, for 40 days is just stupid. And you're not a Christian. That's not what I'm saying at all. Right, right. What I'm saying is if we're going to start using the word fasting, we have to put it in biblical context. Mm -hmm. And so... I hate to be this blunt about it, but when I look at all these churches saying, oh, we're fasting for the month of January, I kind of have to throw a flag. I'm like, are we though? Like, are we fasting or are we just refocusing? Because if we're fasting, now the problem is when we talk about outcomes and incomes, when let's just say the average evangelical North American Christian reads the Jesus scripture, this kind doesn't come without prayer and fasting. And then they go on a Daniel fast and then they wonder why they're not getting the same output that Jesus was talking about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is where there's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's not that that taking a break from social media or sugar is, is wrong. But if you think what you're doing is what Jesus was talking about, you're missing it. You're yeah, missing the there's point. A there's a disconnect. So if you're I guess I, I guess I'm trying to point out, don't waste your time. 
Do those things if you feel like they're healthy for you, but don't do them thinking you're going to get the results. Right. That's what I was just going to say. They're expecting the outcomes without doing the right thing to get the outcome. Right. They're, they're not putting the right input in to get the right output. You may be doing something harmless or not bad or even good, giving mm -hmm. up sugar, things like that, but you're not doing what Jesus is qualifying as taking that next step. Right. And that's the problem. So we'll do these 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, quote unquote fasting. And then, you know, oh, we're going to pray for our city, right? We're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to do all these things at the end, at the culmination of this 21 days of fasting. And then, yeah, then we do it again next year. The problem is we're not seeing the output that Jesus was showing us we could have with fasting because we're not actually fasting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I am not saying is that everybody is called to every January go weeks and weeks and weeks without food and water. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, Jesus fasted one time in his whole 33 years of life, 40 days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a good point. Right. And this is why I say fasting. And I've believed in this totally. Fasting is seasonal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like annual like i mean yeah. there are seasons in your life where you may feel called to fast or like maybe you know a terminal cancer patient and it's like this is what i got like yeah, i'm yeah. just gonna give myself to jesus and just you know pray this works and that could be that season for that person i'm not saying medically or spiritually i'm telling you to do that i'm just yeah. saying i've read accounts of people who've done that right. i believe fasting is seasonal i think jesus would agree with that statement in, in yeah. scripture he, you know he did it one time and it was yeah. really rough. And he probably wasn't looking forward to ever doing it again, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. it, it probably was not fun. Um, but I do believe there are moments in your life where it matters, where it can make a difference. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the year before you and I reconnected um, that I did my fast. And I'm not correlating the two. I'm just saying that's probably when it was. That's what I heard. <laughs> um, but I went six days. Now, I drank water. I, but I did no food for six days. How'd that go? It sucked real bad. I didn't feel like I was dying at, at any point, um, but I was super lethargic. Uh, even just doing something like setting up for worship, moving some mic stands around and stuff like that. I had to sit down afterwards. Cause you were lightheaded? Yeah. Like yeah. just had nothing. You had, yeah. no, there's no fuel in the tank. Right. I wasn't sleepy all the time. I just had no energy yeah, for anything. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Your breath starts smelling rank after the third or fourth day. Ooh. I wonder if that's the ketosis thing. I don't know if it's ketosis, but it's it's whatever's happening in your body. Yeah, yeah. So basically, your body starts cleansing itself. Your kidneys, all that stuff. So your breath smells horrible. Your body odor smells horrible. But it goes away after that, like a day or two. And you just become like this pure, like this being. But those, Homeostatic being. But those couple of days when your body's literally just cleansing itself, you're a wreck. Like your stomach's all messed up. You're like constipated. And then there's diarrhea. And then you get headaches. And then you're tired. And then you can't sleep. I mean, it's your body just doesn't. It's in panic mode. Yeah, it doesn't it's like, what, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. And that's where like... This is, and I only went six days and I barely made six days, like barely. Uh, and my body was in full freak out mode. But I will tell you at no point in my life have I ever experienced more mental clarity. Really? I will not say at all that I heard the voice of God or that I saw angels standing around me or that singing. None of that happened. Okay. There was nothing magical about my experience. I will tell you though, like mentally sharp. And I was very clear and I was, it was like almost like Adderall. Like that's really what it felt a like. Pill. Yeah. Like it was just like I was locked in, but then I also felt myself being way more spiritually sensitive 
and less tempted as well, if that makes sense. Well, if you're foregoing the biggest need, I think, in your physical body. Like, and I, don't, I know you as ladies, I, you know, I don't pretend to know what it's like for you as ladies, but for guys, we're very um, uh, visually driven, sexually speaking. And I remember like that fourth or fifth day, maybe it was even the sixth day, like I remember like something just came on TV, like a Victoria's Secret ad or something like that. And it was just like, there was no light going off. Yeah. There was just nothing. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm a pervert or anything, but like dudes are just visually, yeah, you know, yeah, drawn. Yeah. I just remember it having zero effect on me. And I, and I remember in that moment, I'm like, oh, like that's what it was. Right. Like there was just something that was being shed off of me unintentional. I wasn't like in my prayer closet, clutching my Bible, like Jesus saved me from this temptation. It just <laughs> naturally started shedding off right, right. because you know, I don't, I can't even explain. I don't know exactly what it was, but it just naturally started happening. Uh, and then I broke my fast. Um, Why? I was, I was only, I couldn't handle it. I was going to try to go seven days. I just couldn't make it. I'll just be honest. I couldn't make it Yeah, yeah. because what happens, you're only hungry for the first two to three days after that, then everything starts talking to you. Like, Things you never wanted before, food-wise, are like, hey, <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, like good burger, <laughs> yeah, like every, like all the food is just like yelling at you when you walk by. Honestly, the hardest moment of my whole fast, I remember going to Walmart and walking through like the produce aisle, and I swear to you, everything was like, I am the most delicious piece of fruit you've ever tasted. Come try me. And I think it was like within five hours that I ended up breaking my fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's but, rough. Yeah, but it's really tough. Um, so the hunger goes away, I think, after the, the second or third day, but then the mental craving. And we don't realize how much we eat. Yeah. Uh, not even just like, oh, I'm, I'm a fat cow, I eat all the time. I mean, like just socially, <laughs> like think of all the things we constantly do. Like we get together and we have coffee, we meet friends for dinner, we have breakfast, lunch, snacks, dinner, you know what I'm saying? Your like cousin tells you to bring sweets when you come over. Yeah, all of that. But just think honestly, like break down your day yeah. and think how much time you spend eating, whether it's snacking or a full meal. It's a lot. Yeah. Now try to figure out what you're going to do with all that time if you're not doing that. Focus on your while, thinking about eating. While all of your friends are doing that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it becomes a mental battle after that. And I think after about the sixth day I lost. I was like, all right, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't do this I mean, anymore. I give you props for doing six days. And I don't say that to like brag and I don't say, I honestly, it's kind of like the coffee thing. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to walk through it to see what it was like. Yeah, no, and I, I give you props for that because again, and, it's not a thing I'm probably going to do. And I probably will at some point in my life do it again. I don't feel called to do it right so now. You can come stay with me. Um, <laughs> I, you know what I think? If, if I could choose the best way to do it, I think I would try to do it on a missions trip or something like that. Why? Uh, because I think, honestly, for mental sake, I think the best thing to do while you're trying to fast is distract yourself. Be doing something. Sitting around is bad. Yeah. Because but... because then you're going to want to get up and go to the kitchen. Then you're going to want to go do that. You know what I'm saying? Think but like the physical ramifications. Sure. I think you're going to have to take it slow, for yeah. sure. And you're going to have to like know your pace. But I, but I think doing something and being actively engaged and honestly i like the idea of a mission strip because like if there was kids around or something like that like then you're pouring out at the same time right and i think then you'd be getting double duty as if, far as like the fast yeah, you're at your highest spiritual right clarity. so i think yeah. you would absolutely have to take it slow know your limits Physically, you yeah. might faint a couple times like there's a couple a times couple? i had a friend like one of the worship leaders he, he caught me once because i like literally was moving mic stands and i almost I fainted so anyway um but i that would they be tight bro I think 
anybody going through a fast, that would be one of my personal recommendations. Like do it in a time where you can stay busy, stay busy. And I don't mean just like your normal work day, like find like go volunteer at like a, you know, a shelter for a week or something like that. Or like, or go on a mission strip, do something where you can pour out and distract yourself at the same time. Right. Um, Now the good thing about Jesus being in the desert in the wilderness not much to eat out there, right? Leaves, right? Grass, like some dirt. roots, maybe if you can oh, find the it. Desert, yeah, no leaves and grass. Right, some roots, maybe. Maybe you catch like a random snake or something that's out there. Dude, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, Jesus wasn't fighting the pantry right. the whole time because <laughs> that is a battle. Like, you don't think about it. It's a battle. Like when Me you're and in DoorDash, it. we're having a struggle. Right yeah, now. Uber Eats. You got to delete that thing. <laughs> um, but like Jesus put himself in a position where that wasn't even possible, right? right? right yeah. So, and and obviously he was also fulfilling the whole um, doing what the children of Israel were doing. Right. Now remember, also when the children of Israel were out there, they were going to starve. And God provided them with manna yeah. mm-hmm. and provided them with water from a rock. Didn't they... Uh, and they, about that? yeah, they yeah. were not, they were not happy about that. Like, God, can't you send us like birds or fowl or something like that to eat? So yeah, they weren't, they weren't, once again, going back to, here's the parallel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus goes in the desert. And as far as the scriptural context goes, we don't see him complaining. We don't see him like, Oh God, why are you doing this to me? Like, he's just taking it like a man, just like I'm out here, ain't nothing to eat, really nothing else to do, but pray, right? 40 days out in the desert by yourself, what else could you do? And he had an open line with God. So right. it wasn't like, you know, like he was locked in. Yeah. Um, but this is all done to show us the, uh, the compare and contrast between how what non-people of faith, being the Israelites during the time of the wandering and the grumbling and the complaining, dealt with the desert place grumbling, complaining, God, cursing God, like all this, like, why do we do that? Like, we should go back. Like, all that stuff happened compared to Jesus just taking it. And then at the end, you know, the the angels are just patting him on the butt and like, good job, man. What do you need? Like, we got you. And then he kicks off his ministry, right? So Jesus's ministry was birthed from a place of fasting and sacrifice as also a shadow of the ultimate sacrifice he would end up making. He starts sacrificing and he ends sacrificing. Sacrifice was the bookends of Jesus's ministry, if you want to put it that way. In the middle is the healing and all that other good stuff. So, um, But I think we have to kind of bring it back down here to American evangelical Protestant Christianity. If you're looking for the outcome to be the things that Jesus was talking about, you've got to put in the right input. And the right input, biblically speaking, and I hope we put enough on the table here to show you that biblically speaking, uh, social media is not the right input. Right. Sugar, coffee, the Daniel quote unquote fast (laughs) is not the right input. If you're looking for that output, I'm not saying doing a Daniel fast is bad or wrong. You're going to hell for doing it. I'm saying if you think it's what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about fasting, it's not. Yeah. I would also say that if you're going to do what you felt Jesus, and obviously you don't have to do 40 days and 40 nights. I did six days. That's all I could make. Um, But it was absolutely beneficial. Like I would recommend it if you could pull it off. So it it needs to look different for everybody. It's going to look different for for everybody as far as the length and duration of how long you can go. But I'll also say you're a lot stronger than you think you are. Yeah. Um, It's the mental game, right? right? And it's the faith game that kicks in. I wish I could have gone for two weeks. I just didn't have it in me. Honestly, yeah. it just kicked my butt. Six days is all I had. Um, and I and I would love to do it again one day when I feel called. But I would also say, 
for anybody thinking about fasting in the Jesus sense of the word, you got to be called to that thing. It's not something we should take lightly. Oh, it's January. I'm going to try six days. I mean, power to you, I guess, if you can actually do that. But from my experience, actually walking through that, you really got to have a desire and feel called to do that. And just as a side note, I think I'd like to caution people, um, make sure you maybe chat with your doctor about it before doing it and maybe um, have someone who's there kind of not keeping you accountable, but just aware of what's going on because um, I can only imagine what would pop up if you didn't know you had any medical conditions. Right. So yeah, just and be careful. Like like we said, like our grandfather, super Christian Jesus guy, but yes. he was he was diabetic yep. and fasting for him was a no-go. I feel like that's probably why we never fasted. Sure. Yeah. Just because yeah. he couldn't no, because of no the medical reasons. Right. Um, and there are people out there with all kinds of medical reasons why maybe they shouldn't or couldn't fast. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. totally fine. Yeah. And if you are one of those people, you shouldn't feel any shame about that. That's just Absolutely. that's just the the card you've been handed. And mm -hmm. that's there's no nothing wrong with that. However, uh, if you feel like you're a well-bodied, able person without any major medical issues, um, I would say study it. You know, like really dig into fasting. But if you decide, and I would not recommend. Now. I'm not the king of fasting, so, you know, just take this as Agreed. word of advice or whatever. I would not recommend trying to go without water. That's very dangerous. Yeah, very, sure. very dangerous. You can actually die very quickly from that. And you could snowball, pass out, and just, you know, you're done. Food is a whole other thing. It takes actually a long time to die without food. It takes a while. Yeah, yeah. Most people won't make it that long, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so food is a lot safer. You will not die from fasting food for two weeks you just won't die unless you already are like had like a, a, a medical issue mm -hmm. or you're way underweight or something crazy Which like is why that i mentioned going back right. to your doctor but the average human will not die from two weeks right without food you'll yeah. be just fine it'll suck for mm -hmm. sure but you will be just fine water is a must though and you have to drink tons of water because also we don't realize how much um water uh we get from our food mm -hmm. so you have to, I, I can't, I think the whole time I fasted, I had a bottle of water in my hand, just constantly drinking because you have to replenish what you're not getting from the food you're, foods you're eating with water. Mm -hmm. And so you're just constantly thirsty the whole time because your, your body feels like it needs more. Plus things like sugar and salt help you retain water. So when you're not putting sugar and salt in your system, water goes straight through you. Yeah. you drink it and you will pee it out like in 30 minutes. <laughs> it's like, it's, there's nothing there. There's yeah. nothing stopping it. So you're constantly going to feel like you need to drink water. So that would be my recommendation. I would not recommend anybody do it without water unless you really, really, really feel called. And then please check with your doctor and make sure you have like people who know what you're doing. But I think for a well-bodied person, something like a week or two without food, you're going to be fine. It's going to suck. Don't drive honestly yeah, like don't, don't drive don't operate heavy machinery like if you're on a medication or something yeah, like that yeah. but you will be you're not going to die is, is the point i'm trying to make and i think a lot of people are like how could you go to look it up medically you will not die people get stranded on desert islands <laughs> stuff happens all the time where people go that Everyone's length without food castaway. yeah so you can make it it's not going to be fun but you can make it so i i just don't want anybody like not using that as an excuse but don't let that be a barrier oh i would die without food for a week no Unless you have some sort of medical condition, you honestly be just fine. It's going to be very difficult, but you will be just fine. Um, so I hope to one day, and I don't have a plan, like I don't have it on a calendar, like I'm going to fast this. It's just going to hit me at some point. I'm just going to be like, okay, in the next week or two, I'm going to fast. 
Um, I don't know when I might be 50 before that happens again. I don't know. Um, there are some things that you can do to ramp up to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you could switch to, there's a two week warm up that I was reading about medically. Um, your first week you just switch to all veggies. So you cut out all carbs. So, I like that. So all you're going to eat is vegetables and water, yeah. salads, all that stuff, no dressing, yeah. just vegetables and water. The second week you're only going to do, uh, juices and broths oh, okay. and water. Yeah. So it's it's veggies tailing off into juices and broths and water. And then by your third week, then you're just going to go straight water. I'm not a medical expert, but I feel like that would be a good, um, what's the word, preparation for yeah. taking on the full fast. No, it's not a prerequisite. You don't have to do it that way. No. You can go cold turkey. It just may help you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe you only get through the veggie one. You know, maybe this is your warm up. You know, like, okay, I'm going to try just veggies for a week and you only get four days. And then you try it again in a couple months and then maybe you get five days on the veggie. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. you just have to constantly warm yourself up until you get through the full broth fast. And you're like, okay, I think I can actually do the fast right, now. Right. I didn't do any prep. I just went straight in. Well, that's the eight in you. So. Yeah. And it's also just the ignorance in me too. I didn't know. I didn't research any of this before I actually went and yeah. did my fast. The other thing I'd recommend as I'm kind of wrapping up here, if you decide to do uh, no food and only water fast, be very mindful of how you break your fast because you will get very sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't mean like, like sick, sick. I mean like you will just puke and like all the bad stuff will happen yeah. because your intestines are not ready for that shock to your system. Right. So they actually say you should come out of a fast like you would prep to go into one. Bone Broths, maybe some veggies, slowly start to introduce sugar, no caffeine. You got to like warm your intestines. Because what I did was I, I ate a pack of red velvet M&Ms to break my fast. I was going to ask you if you went to Waffle House. That's so no, gross. I don't think I could have handled that much food. Yeah. It took me probably like three or four days to get like appetite back oh, wow. to normal because you're, you're, everything shrinks up after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will, just like water went straight through me during that period of time, the first thing I ate, just right through. Right. And I would say for the first 24 hours, that was probably the case. I yeah. think after that, I was like, oh, I'm going to eat a salad. Pfft, nope. <laughs> no, like I think it takes about 24 hours or more to, to get your, to really get back and to be able to like your body processing food. Yeah. Again. And then everything I ate, I just felt heavy. Yeah. Like everything was like, ugh. yeah. And then you get over it and you go back to being your fat old self. But, you know, and you go to Waffle House. Right. Then you go to Waffle House. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so that's kind of how I did it. That's how I'd recommend doing it. Any thoughts, comments, concerns with fasting, maybe things we didn't go over. I don't want to be like such a stick in the mud and be like, Oh, the Daniel fast or like giving up all this stuff. You know, you're stupid if you fast that way. I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is I think we have to understand there are biblical truths. Yeah. There are things that are concrete in the Bible. Right. Uh, there are some things that can be debated upon. Right. I do not feel like fasting is one of those things. Yeah. I feel like fasting, we can look at it historically, what it meant to the Hebrew people, what it meant to Jesus, what it meant to, to Moses, and we can get a very good baseline for what is fasting. And then we can use that to create a concrete truth from which we move forward into. I don't feel like the evangelicals have done a great job with that. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. it's because um, we wanted to water it down. I don't know if it's because of just, and I mean this in the nicest way, just ignorance to scripture. We just didn't understand what we were reading or we had somebody misinterpreted. Whatever the reasons are, and it's probably an amalgamation of all of those things, whatever the reasons are, I just don't feel like we've landed as the evangelical uh, 
charismatic church uh, in North America in 2022, I don't feel like we've landed in a healthy place of understanding what fasting is. So if you do any of those things, I'm not saying you're a bad person and you're going against the Bible. What I'm saying is, can we really classify it as fasting though? And I think biblically speaking, the answer is no. So I think we just have to shift our framework for that. Um, I am choosing to give up. I'm not, but as an analogy, I'm choosing to give up coffee this month because I want to take the time and energy and maybe even the money that I would normally spend on coffee. And I want to donate it to a children's home. And I want to spend that time. I would spend drinking my morning coffee uh, and driving to Starbucks and pick it up. I want to spend that time in prayer. Great. Nothing wrong with that. I commend you. That's good. That's awesome. It's not fasting, but it's not bad either. But I think we just have to understand what these things are and what they aren't. Because I would hate for somebody to, I would hate for the misunderstanding of what fasting is to mess with people's faith. Yeah. Well, I did this. I did the Daniel fast for a whole month this time, and I just, it, I just didn't see any results from it. You know, I didn't, I didn't hear God. I didn't feel more spiritual when I prayed for the sick. They didn't get. Okay, that's not because you're a bad person. It's not because God is upset with you or somehow you're not special or chosen or, you know, it's just because you didn't put the right input in. And I would hate for somebody's faith to start getting degraded because they didn't understand what fasting was and they get disappointed because of that. I will tell you my fast only six days, just water in no way did I walk out of that disappointed. Not only in myself, like the ability to do that, but in what I gain from it spiritually and what, and the mental clarity and the understanding of like, oh, I saw a version of myself that I'd never seen before. And it was a version that was much closer to the person of Jesus that I've ever experienced before. Now, it's probably light years away from actually the person of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But for me, in comparison, it was a much cleaner, better version of myself. Mm. And that was enough to show me personally that fasting is real and that it's valuable, but it's also something that should be taken very seriously, possibly seasonal. It's not, you're not probably going to do it every year of your life unless you're just a super Christian and you can do it. Um, but there's a lot of value there. I would just hate for people to walk into what they think is fasting and it's not actually fasting, being disappointed with the outcome because they weren't actually fasting. And not to mention maybe also not really knowing how to pray. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately. That's kind of a rabbit trail or kind of maybe a different topic, but I just think our prayers are really selfish. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, and you're right. We we could probably make a whole I don't podcast. Think I've out ever of this. prayed once without asking for something. I have made it a point for the past multiple years now, maybe three, maybe even longer. I refuse to go to prayer asking for anything, not because I don't believe we can, because I want to rid myself of that mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that, and. I'm saving it. <laughs> right. You know, like I'm, I'm, I don't want my prayer life to be so wrapped around like, God, please give me this promotion or make the money happen here. Or make, like the kids, this, I don't want my prayer life to be about that. I want it to be about just communicating with God. And then in the off chance that I really do need something, cause honestly we don't need things as much as we think we need yeah. things in the off chance that I really feel like I actually need God to intervene, not just work harder, be smarter with my money, like all that other stuff in the off chance. Um, I know I can come 
to him for anything. I mean, scripture says Mm -hmm. that Jesus said, you can come to me and ask for anything and I'll do it for you. But I don't want to build a mentality of I'm just constantly taking and taking and taking because that's not what a real relationship is. A real relationship is two people putting in together to build a strong relationship. I don't have to ask uh, Christina to, to make me a sandwich in the morning as a random hypothetical in our marriage. She just does it. Not because she would feel bad if she didn't, not because I would get onto her if she didn't, because the input of our relationship, those are the outcomes. Mm -hmm. We just do things for each other naturally. I don't have to beg for these things because it's just the output of our relationship. And I think it's the same way in our relationship to Jesus and or God or whatever. I don't think a lot of people, I think most people, they fast and pray with, they want an outcome from a prayer or like they tithe hoping for a blessing on their finances. Everything is an exchange. Right. Yeah. And we've, we've found a way to spiritually monetize the spirit of God, which that's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother time. But yeah, you're right. Like it really needs to, like, don't fast because let me say this the right way. I hear the language of people saying I'm fasting because I need a move of God in my life. Okay. What does that mean? Does that mean your finances? Does that mean your 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 uh, your position, your job? Your, you know. But does that also mean if I don't fast, that God's not gonna help me in some way? Well, like- let, let me ask this: When Jesus was setting up fasting, did he do it in the way that, like, if you do this, I'll answer your prayers, or was Jesus saying, if you fast, you'll become something better? Right. That was the whole point. Right. Fasting is about becoming, not getting. Yeah. And so when people go into fasting saying, oh, I'm fasting. So God blesses my finances. Mm, I, I don't I don't I don't biblically think that's how it works. I think you fast to become something better. Now, maybe and I'm spitballing here. Maybe the outcome is you get more clarity on, on your finances because of your fast. But it's not going to be like I fasted for three weeks and Jesus put ten thousand dollars in my bank account. Hallelujah. Call this number to. Yeah, if that's truly, not how it works. If you truly love somebody, though, you don't do something to get something out of return. Yeah, I was gonna say which that's is, manipulative. But, but I feel like that's what everyone at church does. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Not everyone, I can say everyone, but it, and it's tough. And I think, I think it's more of an indictment, not on the individual Christians. I think it's more of an indictment of the culture they've been born into and the things they've been led to believe. I would say, if you're fasting with the hope that Jesus is going to give you something you may be fasting for the wrong reasons. And I'm not going to say it will void your fast because I can't say that. Only God and Jesus, you know, work with that. But it seems like you would have a higher chance of your fast not giving you the outcome you're looking for because you're going in with the wrong reasons versus I'm going in uh, to get, to become something, not to get something. So anything else as we kind of tie down here? And I know we kind of bounced around for a little bit at the end, but Um, I hope this gives people clarity on what tithing, tithing, what (laughs) fasting can be, what fasting should be, how we go about fasting. And then maybe just kind of like shaking off this antiquated idea that like every January 1st, we got to go into like giving up social media or doing a Daniel fast or something like that. Uh, Maybe this is strong, but whatever. Let's not trivialize something as powerful as fasting right. because I feel like that's kind of what we've done. We've right. trivialized it. And we've even talked to people in the past month or so. who's like, well, I feel like God's going to bless us because we're sacrificing something. Okay. <laughs> but Romans 12, one says that we're not sacrificing things anymore. We 
are the sacrifice. And if you really think social media is the sacrifice of of all sacrifices, then you may need to take a deeper look into the mirror because you probably got a lot more going on than you realize. Um, Now you want to tear your body down so that Jesus can shine through more. Okay. Now we're talking about something way different. Um, And nobody can tell you how long to fast. Like I said, I think medically speaking, two to three days is probably the minimum that I would say to fast with no food, because I think that's the point in which your body actually starts to eat itself. I mean, medically speaking, that's what happens after the second or third day, your body literally starts eating itself. Um, And so I would say at minimum two to three days is probably when you're going to start really seeing the results of a fast. Anything past that is just more and more icing on the cake. So anything else, final thoughts, questions, concerns, no, I think this was pretty informative for me. Yeah. yeah. Just evaluate, I mean, why you do what you do and how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Fasting prayer. And once again, man, context, 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 context. Read your Bibles in context. Don't, I mean, we, you know, Daniel ten three. <laughs> Daniel was mourning, so he decided to do this. Then go back a chapter and it says Daniel was fasting. So there's two different things happening within a chapter. For some reason, we don't reference Daniel 9. We reference Daniel 10, even though Daniel 9 says fasting and Daniel 10 doesn't. Context, context, context is king. Read your Bibles. Don't just take what you're, you know, what a pastor's saying or what, you know, standard Christianity is saying. Read your Bible. Context is king. There's a lot there. Uh, And I do believe things like this can be a lot more concrete. They don't have to be, oh, well, fasting is up to everybody's interpretation. No, it's not. It's not. It's not up to your interpretation. Jesus, Moses, God set the standard for what some of these things are. They gave us very clear pictures. And it's up to us if we choose to partake in those things. Once again, if you choose never to fast in your whole life, doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. Doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It just means you've chosen not to take that next step that Jesus was talking about. Right. Which, whatever. Some people are called. Some people feel, you know, they want to go that direction. Other people's don't. Uh, I can't judge that. So, all right. Anything else? No. No. Cool. All right. So this has been about an hour and 50 minutes or so. So I'll probably break this up into two parts. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to part two, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, please connect with us, Instagram, Facebook, all the stuff is in the link in the, here in the description of the podcast. So connect with us, let us know, uh, some topics you'd like to, uh, hear about. Uh, also if you're listening to this, you know, later on and it's an older episode or whatever, uh, you know, you have any questions about this particular topic, always feel free to message us. If you know, I missed something or we didn't mention something or I got something totally wrong, uh, feel free to message us and you know, we'd love to talk with anybody and, uh, yeah. So, all right. Everybody good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, until next time guys, we will see you soon and have a good week. Bye. Bye.